Well, good evening. I'm so glad that y'all are all here tonight. And this is a very important occasion. Yahweh set this up so many thousands of years ago. And uh, it's the Passover. And it also, you know, the this season of the year is also, you could say, is the... Uh, Fourth of July are the day that the people of Israel were released from bondage. And if you read the story, you find that it took quite a bit of muscle to get Pharaoh to understand that the people needed to be let go. So let's start our uh, discourse tonight in the book of Exodus. And in chapter 12. So glad to have everyone here and our visitors as well. My brother and my sister-in-law are here, so thank you. Let's pick up at Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1. And Yahweh said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month they shall take every man a lamb according to their father's house, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then a man and his neighbor next to his house shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old, you shall take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs in the evening. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat them. And they, they shall eat the flesh that night, roasted with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled with water, but boiled its head with its legs and its inner parts, and you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, your loins girded and your sandals on your feet and your staff in the hand, in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is Yahweh's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am Yahweh. The blood shall be a sign for you upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall fall upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it as a feast to Yahweh throughout your generations. You shall observe it as an ordinance forever. And then if we will skip down, so this was the instruction. Then if you skip down to verse 26. He continues here. And when your children say to you, 
what do you mean by this service? You shall say, it is the sacrifice of Yahweh's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he slew the Egyptians, but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshiped. I might uh, mention here also that, you know, the Passover was, was just a moment or a few hours in time and it had what we go back and celebrate now is just the memorial of that that happened. Obviously, it's not the Passover that was initiating all of these that were to follow. And so what we're doing now is just remembering that this was something that Yahweh instructed us to remember and to tell our children about. Verse 28. And the people of Israel went and did so as Yahweh had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. At midnight, Yahweh smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, who sat on his throne, to the firstborn of the captives who were in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of the cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where one was not dead. And he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up, go forth from among my people, both you and the people of Israel. Go and serve Yahweh as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said and be gone and bless me also. And the Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste. For they said, We are all dead men. So the people took their dough before it was leavened their kneading bowls being bound up in their mantles on their shoulders. And the people of Israel, for the people of Israel had also done as Moses told them, for they had asked of the Egyptians jewelry of silver and gold and clothing. And Yahweh had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. Thus they despoiled the Egyptians. So as a side note, you might note that they went out of the land of Egypt, not a poor people, but a people that had, that were given uh, quite a bit of the Egyptians' treasure. You find later in the book that, that they used some of those things to uh, make uh, an idol with, so they must have had quite a lot, and it's, it was sad that they used them for that purpose, but One of the things also we might notice in, the, in 12 and 18, chapter 12 and verse 18. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread and sow until the 21st day of the month at evening. And you know, some people uh, say that they wonder if the 14th day is the day of unleavened bread, and I think that that, in my mind, that answers that question. You have a week of unleavened bread uh, sandwiched between two high days, but the first day of the month, uh, the 14th day of the month is also considered a day of unleavened bread, as it says there in the 18th verse. And you know, I won't read all of the other places that it speaks, you know, in the 20, 
Leviticus 23, uh, that is uh, a place that all of the feast days of Yahweh are, are listed. So I might turn there and read from the f- verse 4 of chapter 23 through verse 6. These are the appointed feasts of Yahweh, the holy convocations which you shall proclaim in the time appointed for them. In the first month, on the 14th day of the month in the evening, is Yahweh's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread to Yahweh. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. And then it goes on and talks about all of his feast days. And uh, it's also mentioned uh, in several places. Uh, I think one is in the 16th chapter of Deuteronomy. Also, it's in the book of Numbers. And uh, we find that in the newer writings, if we fast forward first to Luke, in verse 41 of chapter 2. I didn't have that down here, but I think I'd like to read here for a moment. Now, his parents, this was when uh, Yeshua was 12 years old, but this gives you an idea that how he was raised and how he, uh, how he grew up. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to their custom. And so that was how he grew up, was keeping Yahweh's feast days. And the Passover was one of them. And when it said the Feast of Passover here, it goes on to talk about that when the feast was ended. And it came to the point that the Feast of Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread was referred to. You could interchange that term either way. You could say the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and that included Passover, or you could say the Feast of Passover, and that included the Days of Unleavened Bread. And if you, if you study that through the, through the Gospels, you'll find that to be a true statement, I believe. And that's what it refers to here. It was, they stayed for the whole feast, but they mention only the, the feast of Passover. But let's turn uh, to Mark, the 14th chapter, and we'll begin with verse 12. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the householder, The teacher says, Where is my guest room where I am to eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. There prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve, and as they were at the table eating, Yeshua said, Truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and to say to him one after another, Is it I? And he said to them, It is one of the twelve one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. 
For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I shall not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of Yahweh. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Yahshua said to them, you will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. And then that soaring story of, of Peter, you know, when he denied, and all the other apostles actually had left even before then. And uh, they're not talked about quite as bad as Peter was, it seems like. But they, you might note that they had already disappeared even before he did. And so the story goes on through, and it was we find that he was crucified and he uh, shed his blood in a horrible way uh, so that you and I could have redemption, could have forgiveness. And as uh, we've read uh, in, past, in, the, in the reading of, about the Passover, uh, I might go back and say that Yeshua is the fulfillment of the original day of Passover. We, we sang a song today that you're no longer slaves this evening, and a beautiful song that it was speaking. We could speak in the, in the terms of the Jewish people coming out of Egypt. They were no longer slaves. But we also find that that same thing applies to us when we are forgiven of our sin, that we are no longer slaves to it. Paul wrote some wonderful words about that, that we are no longer slaves of sin, but we have been forgiven by the blood of Yeshua. First little part of Ephesians, he, he writes some wonderful things about uh, the <clears throat> mighty works of forgiveness. And... If you read in John chapter 1 and verse 29, someone might wonder why that you thought that Yahshua was the uh, sacrificial lamb, as it were. But John 1 and 29 says, The next day he saw Yahshua coming toward him, this is speaking of John, and said, he said, Behold the Lamb of Yahweh, who takes away the sin of the world. You know, Yahweh loves us, and that is why that he has made a plan of salvation for us. And that is, we have a way through the sin that we incur on ourselves through his blood. Also, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, I think I will turn and read a little... This also is the writings of Paul. He was writing to the Corinthians. <coughs> it seemed like the Corinthians had more problems than most of these assemblies. 
but that was also has brought about some good things in that he gave a lot of instruction to the to the Corinthians and we get to listen in and apply it to our own self but first Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7 says cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened for Messiah our paschal lamb has been sacrificed let us therefore celebrate the festival not with the old leaven the leaven of malice and evil but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth And so we find that not only was he, uh, he understood that Yeshua was our Passover lamb, but he also mentioned that we should keep the festival. And to keep it with a, a heart free from our sin and free from the life that we've led. And uh, that is one of the things that we can do at this season is ask Yahweh forgiveness of anything that might stand against us so that we can come into his presence in purity through the blood of Yeshua. But he, he instructed these Corinthians to celebrate the feast, and he was speaking of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Also, in the same letter, in the 11th chapter, of course, when he wrote this letter, it didn't have chapter and verse, but that was added. Uh, I believe it's uh, chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from Yahshua what I also delivered to you, that the master Yahshua on the night when he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the master's death until he comes. And then he goes on to warn against uh, drinking of the cup or the bread in an unworthy manner. If you do it without the proper respect, not only for Yeshua, but also for Yahweh who planned the salvation that we have through Yeshua. <clears throat> he also mentions in chapter 10 and verse uh, 16, it said, this cup of blessing which we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Messiah? The bread which we break, is it not a participation in the body of Messiah? And so that's something we have to remember that we, this is a symbolic blessing that we are partaking and we're uh, aligning ourselves again with, as John said, the he who takes away this, this lamb that takes away the sin of the world. Acts chapter 3 and verse 17. 
this was uh, when Peter was uh, speaking uh, to this assembled people. And uh, this was his sermon here on the day of Pentecost. And he said, And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what Yahweh forbid, foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Messiah must suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, he also mentions here, notice that the mouth of all the prophets. And so, if you go back and start studying through the older writings and through the minor and the major prophets, you'll soon find that all of them refer to the coming Messiah. And that's what Peter says here in his writing there. That the Messiah should suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of Yahweh, and that he may send the Messiah appointed for you, Yeshua, whom heaven must receive until the time for establishing all that Yahweh spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. Moses said, Yahweh the Elohim will rise up for you, will raise up for you a prophet from your brethren as he raised me up. You shall listen to him and whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul that does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And that's from Deuteronomy the 18th chapter, if you'd like to read that as a, as a side note for yourself. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came afterwards also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant which Yahweh gave to your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your posterity shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Yahweh, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you in turning every one of you from your wickedness. Again, speaking of the mighty act of salvation that has been that has been proclaimed through the Son of Yahweh. Let's read also in, verse, in chapter 4, we'll begin with verse 7. And so uh, I might set this up and just say that the, the uh, Sadducees were annoyed and the captain of the guard, they were annoyed because they were speaking of the coming resurrection. And so they arrested them and put them in custody. So in verse 7, And when they had set them in their midst, the next day they brought them out and wanted to talk with them. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a cripple, by what means this man has been healed, be it known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Yahshua Messiah of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom Yahweh raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This is a stone which was rejected by you builders, but which has become the head of the corner. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven 
given among men by which we must be saved. You know, something that I find interesting is that Yahshua, the name Yahshua is the very same name that we call Joshua the son of Nun. His actual name is Yahshua the son of Nun. And he brought the people into the promised land. And that is also the purpose of our Messiah. He came to save us from sin and, and also herald the coming resurrection so that he can bring us into that promised land. And it's interesting that they had the very same name. In fact, in, in the King James Version of the Bible, there's a place that, that the, the king's men mistranslated and put Jesus there in one place because when it was actually speaking of Joshua the son of Nun, because in the, in the original it was the very same. And I uh, forget where exactly that is. I think the seventh chapter of Acts. But <clears throat> in in uh, Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 31 and 32, you know, something that I find amusing a little bit is that sometimes when you speak to people, they think that the, the Elohim of the Old Testament was this terrible uh, person that now we read the newer writings and, and this is a much kinder, easier person to get along with. But we find that Yahweh has always wanted his people to do well and always wanted them to come and have everlasting life. Ezekiel 18 is just one small example of that. Verse 31, it says, Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed against me, and get yourself a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says Yahweh. So turn and live. You know, the just requirements of the law are still required and so that's what he's saying, that we still have to meet a certain standard. He don't take away the standard just because, uh, you know, because they're of the house of Israel or that we might be grafted into the house of Israel. We still have to perform and do a certain, we have to be a people that follow after what he wants us to do. And Yeshua only forgives us. He does not change the law, but he forgives us so that those penalties are not reckoned against us. And when he does that, then we have a, a way to come into the presence of Yahweh because now we're brought to, before him pure and without sin. And uh, we can go back and again talk about what the commandment in the 12th chapter is. He was, he was describing that. And he said, the death angel will pass over our sins if we repent and ask forgiveness. And uh, that was the, the uh, type and shadow of what Yahshua came to do so that we would, our sin would be passed over. By the, and we, he would see the blood and our sin would be passed over. So Yahweh's plan has always been about grace and forgiveness. Hebrews 11 and 28. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. And uh, 
That's what he gave the people in the very first Passover was a chance to escape not only from slavery, but also to escape from death. And uh, when I, it, it, a direct quote from 12 and verse 13 of Exodus, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And that's exactly what Yahshua does for us. When Yahweh sees his blood that has covered us, then he will pass over us. First Peter uh, 1, 3 through 5 says, Blessed be Yahweh, the Father of our Master Yeshua. By his great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Yeshua, our Messiah, from the dead and from the dead and to an inheritance which is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. As the outcome of your faith, you obtain the salvation of your souls. And so that is exactly what we have acquired by our belief in Yeshua, is that we have come and obtained the salvation of our souls through his through the forgiveness. That Yah the plan of salvation has always been Yahweh's plan. But the means by which that was accomplished was through his son, Yeshua. For our last scripture, I'd like to read 1 Peter chapter 5. Uh, 6 to 11. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of Yahweh, that in due time he may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares about you. Be sober, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to, dis to destroy. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering is required of your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, yet the Elohim of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Messiah, will himself restore, establish, and strengthen you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. And this is the true grace of Yahweh. Stand fast in it. And so I would encourage all of us to stand fast in the fact that we know we have a Messiah that Yahweh has sent, and he was willing to die in our place so that when Yahweh sees his blood as our covering, he will pass over our sin, and we will be deemed as worthy to enter into that kingdom that is yet coming. If you would bow in this... In this have a prayer as we end. Our great Heavenly Father Yahweh, we are so thankful that you have indeed put together a plan of salvation so that we could become, we could come into your presence. Though we are not worthy, but through the blood of your Son, we are accepted. And we are not perfect, but we are forgiven. 
And we thank you for this great forgiveness and this great salvation that you have proclaimed for all mankind if we're willing to accept it. We thank you also tonight for the Son that not only was willing to die for us, but was of a perfect nature so that he could die and take away our sin. And Yahweh, he is the lamb that takes away the sin of the earth. And so we are so thankful, and we ask that you would forgive us of anything or shortcoming that might perchance stand against us. And give us that everlasting salvation, and give us the opportunity to be in that everlasting kingdom that you have claimed and that you have intended for us as your, as your servants and as fellow servants with Yahshua. So it's in his precious name that we ask that you would accept our service tonight. And we honor you and we honor your son. And it's in the name of Yahshua that we pray and we ask these things.